Today on the show, we're talking about planning for a career change. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney, I'm your host, and today I'm joined with my co-host Trevor, and we're talking about planning for a career change. So I mentioned careers as this isn't a, a career podcast, but your your traditional income that you get from a job is, is your single biggest wealth building tool you'll ever have. So it is a key component to any personal finance equation. So the, it's paramount that you 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 have a strategy when it comes to a career or jobs or just your ability to earn income. And so this episode, the inspiration for this is twofold. So one is we got an email from a listener a while back and they wanted a an episode about career changes. And, and I also, so I always give advice. Whenever you get advice from somebody, the best advice you get is someone who says, don't do what I did. That is the best advice you'll ever get from anybody on any subject, any topic, anywhere is don't do what I did because you're learning from their mistakes. And so this is from somebody who, who did not make a career change. And I am reflecting back saying, you should plan and you should deliberately have a career change, at least one in your, your working career. I would say preferably more, but at least one. And aside from the fact that, oh, well, of course we earn our income through our job. This is a topic that we can all relate to because we all at some point in our life will hold a, a job. Well, and everyone listening to this, you've either had a job, you currently have a job, or you know somebody that has a job. So it's a good point. This is relevant to everybody listening. So I, I want to zero in on the contact submission form that you referenced, Trevor. So uh, we received yeah, a contact submission form. By the way, you can always leave them for us too if you have anything you'd like to reach out to us with. It's over on our website. Uh, there's a little drop down on our website, livelifesimple.ca. So you can always reach out to us there. But this one, this is from a listener. And uh, she was thinking about returning to college to start a career in her 30s. Um, I love this because she said that she's always telling her kids that she they can be anything they want to be when they grow up. Um, and she she's kind of taking that advice for herself, which which I which I love. And but she does express how it is a little bit frightening to to kind of go back to school and start a new career when you're that far in your life. And we I, th- I think this is that's a kind of a great place to start the episode and what we will talk about during the show. Well, and you know, I remember when I was in in college, and I there was there was these two ladies in my in my in my class, one of my classes, and they were easily in their early fifties. And I got thinking, you guys are almost dead. <laughs> what are you doing going back to school, right? And it, it just it was mind blowing. Like, why are you doing this? It's it's over. And now, so now that I'm that age, I realize this is it, 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 there's a lot of life left in front of you, and I get the motivation now that I'm I'm at that age. No, and it, it's definitely, I mean, it, this this one listener hasn't, um, she said she hasn't been to college before. So even just doing so, I, I don't know, going to to kind of post-secondary, regardless of your age, that's like, a, that's a frightening, it's a frightening endeavor all in itself. So there's, I think there's a multitude of, of layers when it comes to planning for a career change, which is why it's such an important um, aspect to talk about. And I think a lot of people say going back to school when you're older is hard. Like you, I, I really believe when you're younger in your twenties, you're more, you're more, you can absorb education easier than somebody in their fifties. I, I think that is without question. I'm not sure why I don't completely understand the psychology, but I believe that to be true. I believe part of it is stamina. It, from 
from your earliest memories, you were in school and sort of conditioned to learning right through. And if you went into post-secondary education, college, or university, right through till your early 20s, you have been exposed to education. So you have this this learning stamina that has built up over time. And you are, you just, your your mind is wired that way. So then you, you stop going to school and you get into the work world. And there's so, still some learning going on, but not at the same level of intensity. And, and I think you kind of lose that muscle. That That's my, this is my theory. And so learning comes harder, but I think it's like riding a bicycle. Once you get back to school, it'll be hard at first, but you'll quickly recall or those muscles will be recalled on on how to absorb information and knowledge. So if that's a concern for anybody listening to this, I would say you will overcome that obstacle quite easily. And also when you're in your 20s, you're going to school mostly because someone says it's a good idea. When you put yourself back into school to, to go after that second career, I truly believe that you are, you're going at it with, with more purpose. You know, the, you know why you're doing this. Like there's, you're, you, it's not like you're doing this to please somebody else. This is all about you. So it'll be easier than you think. So Trevor, you are entering your kind of your final phase of, so you're moving from your career to your retirement phase. How is, how's this topic resonating with you and, and, and what, what 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 do you hope to do with with kind of what we're talking about today and, and maybe moving forward? So I'm retiring at age 55 now. If I was going to retire at 65, so if I have, if I had 10 more years of work in front of me, I would absolutely being be in a second career. In fact, I would have come to that conclusion in my mid 40s, maybe even early 40s. That that I don't think I can do this same job, solve these same problems day after day for another. 20, 25 years. So I would have absolutely, but, and so this retiring early, it, it kind of, that's how I stomached not making career change. But looking back now, I, I think I, I wish, okay, if I would have made a career change, maybe financially, I would not have been able to retire earlier because I think when you make a career change, you go back to the bottom of the earning level of whatever career you choose and you have to work your way back up. So may, maybe that, that would have been taken off the table. I don't know, but I, I think I, I, looking back, I wish I would have made a career change at say 45. So I, I have a, I have a ton of more questions for you, but I, though they will come up as we work through the show. So we're, we're going to kind of start by defining what a job, career and work are. So those are three different terms. We're going to define them independently. We're going to move on to talking about the career life cycle. We're going to then talk about challenges of a career change and yet, despite the challenges, we're going to talk about reasons to change careers. So, Trevor, I, I want to first ask you before we jump into defining job, career, and work in in their own separate entities. Tell me about a book we referenced it a while ago, but it is one that is in our book list and one that you recommend. So, tell us about that a little. So, this book is called Victory Lap Retirement, and it it's kind of not really about a career change, but the book. So, the book Victory Victory Lap Retirement. It, it kind of the focus of it is once you reach financial independence, you you shouldn't retire. You should pursue a second career. That's the, the concept. And I'm going to say that's it's once you've reached financial independence, you've taken risk off the table and you can choose to do whatever you want, whether you get paid for it or not. If you get paid for it, that's just a bonus. So Victory Life Retirement, the book talks about reasons why you should pursue a second career and what it will do for you, you know, the, 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 the psychological benefits of doing that. So 
you should read this book as it relates to career change just for those perspectives. But I'm in this whole episode is about making career change when you still need the money. That, that that's more challenging, but also more rewarding. And I think it, it's it's important to me. So we're going to get into the definitions of job, career, and work. Those are three different concepts. Uh, people often group them all together. Courtney's going to go through some definitions we found. But if you are fortunate enough to have your job also be your work in life, then this this whole episode is probably completely irrelevant to you. You have you have hit the gold mine in terms of of your purpose in life. So, the, but for, I think for most people, we have jobs and we also pursue work. So, so let's get into that. Let's define job, career, and work because we th- hear those three terms thrown around interchangeably, but we're going to kind of define them and how they do differ term to term. So let's start with job. So defined here is a job is a regular and official activity that you do and receive money, a salary for your activity. It is also called a profession or an occupation. You can have a full-time job 40 hours per week or a part-time job around 25 hours per week. So for most people, a job is the necessary evil in your life. This is the thing that pays the bills, puts the food on the table, puts a roof over your head. This is, you choose this for most people, you choose a job purely based on the income it's going to deliver. And next is career. So your career is a total regression of your professional life. It can include many different jobs over the years. And so when people get caught up in the concept of they want a career, and I'm doing air quotes, they typically want, they, they think that a career is staying in the same field your entire lifetime. And that we almost carry that as a badge of honor that I had a career in finance or I had a career in marketing. And I think it, for me, it, I thought it was a badge of honor when I was going through, I was going to be a lifelong accountant and I was going to carry, I think if somebody told me they had multiple careers, meaning they had worked in different, completely different aspects. In fact, when I ever talked to somebody who, who works, who'd worked in different sort of in business, in healthcare, in uh, a skilled trade. I'm always awestruck by the 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 experience, the the vast knowledge that they they have gained life life knowledge that they can apply to. I think if you make a career change, you are so more enlightened in in in, in even an unrelated career that it will benefit you. I was going to save this question for later, but I'll ask it now. When you do flip from maybe area of, of practice or, or expertise, so maybe you move from marketing to HR to finance, I don't know, pretend, pretend you kind of really drift around. How does that not come across as if you're kind of not sure where you want to be, like, does that not reflect? Because there's that thing where if you change jobs too frequently, it reflects poorly to employers because it looks like you can't stay in one place for too long. So what what does that reflect? What are other people thinking about that? Well, if you're assessing somebody for an employment opportunity, say you're a hi- somebody in the position to hire somebody, and you look at the resume and they have been a uh, an electrician, an accountant, and a marketing specialist. Just, just say they got those three things on the resume you could look at that and if that was your only measuring tool you would either say that person's you know flighty and you know unreliable or they're a go-getter right you 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 could make one of those two assumptions if that's the only 
thing you had, but obviously you're going to meet this person you're interviewing and you're going to quickly discover, is this person flighty or are they a go-getter? So that, that look on your resume, if I saw that, I say, let's get this person in here and see what they've got because they're one or the other. And if they're a go-getter, why wouldn't you want them? No, that, that's that's completely fair. Finally, the last term we're going to define here is work. So the word work is more general than job, whereas job is a specific occupation or profession. Work refers to general efforts and activities done to accomplish a goal. Work can be done both inside an official job and outside a job. So this is the this is why you get up every day. This is what energizes you. This is what you want to give to the world. This is your offering to the world, your work. And if you happen to get paid for it, you, you're the winner, (laughs) you know, good on you. But if a lot of times we have jobs and we, I think most of us have jobs and we have work They're they occupy two blocks of time in our lives. So there's that that theory that that question that we should find what we enjoy doing. So I, I'll throw out the word passion. Find your passion and pursue it. So assume passion maybe is synonymous with work in this sense because that's kind of your purpose, and that you should pursue that as your job. What what are your thoughts on that? Well, let's start with you. Word passion. So I want to sort of talk about that for a minute. So passion. In, I, I have studied passion in terms of reading books and listening to podcasts and YouTube videos. I'm fascinated by the word passion. And I used to think passion was rainbows and unicorns all day long. You know, that, that, that's when you know you're in your passion. It's just sunny every day. But it turns out passion, so if you, you should be working in your passion. So your work should be your passion. And you'll know you're in your passion when it gets hard, when it gets really hard and maybe even miserable you still want to do it. You want to muscle through. You want to get to the finish line, even though it's hard. So that is, I'll give you an example. So me and Courtney sat down to record this podcast and Courtney's computer is giving her a problem. The Every time you hit record, it'll record for a while and then it sort of um, stops <laughs> for whatever reason. So this is going to be an editing nightmare. So recording this is a challenge and editing this is going to be an, a, even a bigger challenge but you know, we're, we still put out an episode. So that's an example how we're quite passionate about this work we're doing. And uh, that's, it is true. It's, it is, it's been, it's been quite, quite a challenge, but I think we have this, and, and maybe this is a conception that people younger, uh, maybe starting out their career have, but there's a perception where you are always, or I feel like I'm searching to, to understand what that, that passion is and I'm feeling bad about myself that I'm not working a job that is that fulfilling why I got up every day and work. I think the people that are searching for what you're searching for, you know, you, you want your passion to be your work, your job, your, your work to be your job. You want them to be the same. I think if you just focus on your work, so have a job because you need to eat, focus on your work. And I have a theory that if you actually Zig Ziglar said, said this comment. I'm not a huge Zig Ziglar fan, but this, this one always resonates with me. You can have anything you want by helping everybody around you get what they want. So if you, if you, if you strive to serve people in some way, I, mean, I have a theory that money will find you, opportunity will find you if you serve society in some way. 
I love that. I love all of that. First, that Zig Ziglar quote is fantastic. And I mean, it, it's, it's, it's very, it's a very, it's not as intuitive to understand it as you, as you may think, but it's, it's, it's so true. And I, I want to go back to what you were saying too about, about. Well, I want to say one more thing about, so do you just spark something there? So when you do your work, so when you do your job, you are by, by nature, you are transactional with the relationship in your job meaning you are doing this for money. That is the definition of being transactional in relationships. In your work, never be transactional. Like if you happen to get paid, don't count how much you're getting paid. Just, just take it as a benefit. But when you do your work, you'll know you're doing your work if, if you don't even, like it can't be transactional. If it becomes transactional, it is not work. It is a job. So in taking all that, my question for you though is we, we're supposed to live our life to, I guess, at the full. So that sounds so super cliche, but we're, we're supposed to live because we spend a lot of hours at work and you, and you, and you're in saying that, that we're just supposed to kind of, it almost sounds like just kind of suck it up and, and just, and just hammer through a job because your work is actually what is important. But like is that how how do you actually if you're maybe not super satisfied in your career current career of choice how how does that mentality push get you through your job or does it does it make does it does gratitude poke its head through and and show you that maybe your work is satisfying and your job is simply a job like how and and are you say can you only speak to that because you're at the end of your career so i think if you try to make if if you are in this all or nothing scenario where my job has to be my work you know that is it i, I i'm not going to be happy until i get there then you're going to be miserable most of your life chance statistically speaking but i think you should count your blessings that you have found your work in life if you have in fact found it because there's a bunch of people still searching and you you should be grateful that you you found something that you are so passionate about that you call it your work and then also be grateful that you have a job to pay your bills. That's that's how I look at it. it. But I remember being in a place where I wanted my job to be my work. I think it's because we are always looking for purpose in what we do. And if we are in a job where we don't feel fulfilled or what the the work we are doing at our job is is making a difference or is purposeful, then we kind of feel like it's maybe is it, is it worth it? Is this where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing? Now we're going down a bit of a rabbit hole here. We are. No, we are. I, I will back into the rabbit hole. I just, it's, 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 it's a really, it's, it's kind of, it's reassuring hearing you say that reassuring hearing you say that you don't have to uh, shoehorn work into your job and, and find, find the, the, the reason or the, the work in your job. It is, it, it is reassuring hearing you say that. So that was job, career, and work defined. Also, in us going down a rabbit hole of, of, of sidetrack conversation. But there's also, so Trevor, you've also, before we get into career lifestyle, there's two fabulous articles that you have uh, placed in our show notes. Well, we will have the show notes uploaded to, um, or these notes uploaded to our show notes. But do you want to speak to why, why these articles were very monumental and, and kind of creating the outline for the show? Well, there's one article that I... I found very interesting. It was from the Financial Times and it was planned for five careers in your lifetime. And that seems, that sounds really extreme, five careers in your lifetime. But if you read the article, it, once you read it, five doesn't sound crazy. 
in the way they kind of break it down. So it's a really interesting read. The links will be in the show notes. And the other one is why a career change at 30 and beyond is so hard. And this is from the website Monday Views, which is an interesting website. I don't read a lot of their stuff, but I find it interesting. But the, the whole thing of the article is the longer you wait to make a career change, the more daunting it seems and the more less likely you are to do it. So by waiting beyond 30, which is this artificial number, but it, it becomes harder and harder. So it's an interesting read as well. So, I mean, that article sounds fantastic, but can you, could you imagine making five career changes within your career? Does that number, I, and let's also speak to as well, that, was that even a, a, a thought when you were growing up with, with your parents' generation was, was it, it, from my assumption, it was just, you have one, literally one job, not even one career, but one job for the, your whole lifetime. And that's it. How have, how have you seen the landscape shift from, from that then to now? Well, if I look back to my parents, the baby boomer generation, they they got jobs with the traditional defined benefit pension plans where once you retire, they pay you till you die. And those pension plans are based on years of service. And so employers were, people were incentivized to stay at jobs for 30 years because the pension plan and, you know, the, the, the pot of gold at the end of that rainbow was huge. So you you would work for 30 years, but now with pension plans mostly being the defined contribution plans where you end up just leaving when you retire with a big pot of money and you do with it what you want, those ones aren't based on years of service. So the commitment to stay with an employer is is not as much. And, and the companies, you know, with this global economy, companies just don't stay in business forever. So you see companies come and go more frequently. So the chance, the statistical chances of working the same job for thirty years, has gone down dramatically. So I think I'm an anomaly. I, I've had two jobs in thirty years, and that's unusual for my generation. Have you seen? Because I'm sure you've kind of experienced different ages of of people entering your your workplace, and maybe with a different mentality. And so, how have you seen? Have you seen any dramatic shifts in the way people approach their jobs? Is there is there any of a more passe? Oh, I won't. I'm here for. I'm not here for a long time mentality that you see floating around. I see. Maybe you're, you're, what you're suggesting is people are less, a little less committed to companies than than maybe they have been in the past. And I have seen that. It, once somebody's been around for say 10 years, they tend to sort of succumb to, I'm going to be here forever. But I, I do see people working in a three to five year window. I see people coming and going in, in that kind of window of time. That's not uncommon. It, these, that doesn't mean these people made career changes. They made job changes. It, for all I know, they did change careers, but I do see people coming and going in, in, in these small windows of time. And it, it definitely makes sense given given the the whole that article plan for five career changes in your life, not career, but essentially job changes. So I want to talk now actually about the career life cycle, and I'll I'll kind of go through the four main uh, kind of steps in the career life cycle, and then we'll kind of go back and break through break it down. So a first is getting that first opportunity. So that's the first step of the career life cycle. Second step is developing a reputation. Third is the crossroads and the fourth 
um, cycle, a fourth step in the cycle is working for the money. And and Trevor, this this is something I love. It's a life cycle too, because it's, it, I'm assuming that every time you change a career, you'd go through the same life cycle. It is. And this is my own observation. So I have talked to, I work in corporate finance. This, this is the life cycle I have experienced. I have talked to engineers and got the same feeling that this is a, a career life cycle for an engineer. I've talked to IT people, same thing. I haven't talked to many teachers and I, I, I get a feeling teaching has a little bit of a different life cycle, but I've also talked to marketing people, HR people, and I believe like I, I, I will get variations, but I've kind of talked to a lot of people about this, my my theory of this career life cycle and and they I think it's it's fairly universal. And I, I just want to say, I think it's important that you understand there is a life cycle to your career. If you if you don't think that there's an evolution that goes on, you're going to be disappointed at the end. So understand that your working your working career is it's not a statue. It's not this. I'm an accountant, and I will always be an accountant. If you're not if you're not evolving in your career, then everything is moving around you. Like it it is nothing static. So you you have to evolve as an employee or stagnate and, and suffer those consequences. So the first step in the life cycle is getting that first opportunity. This is one that we all can relate to. So getting the first opportunity, if you think about it, what you're trying to do is you're trying to convince a prospective employer to do two things. They're, you want them to take a chance on you in two ways. So the first thing you want to get that first job right out of school, you, you're trying to convince an employer that you're actually going to be a good employee. You're going to show up on time. You're going to be enthusiastic. You're going to solve problems. You're going to be part of a team. So you're trying to convince a prospective employer that you have those qualities. And let me tell you, that's hard to prove in an interview or on a resume. You really need someone to take a chance on you. That That's really what that first opportunity is about. And then the second thing you you need someone to take a chance on you is that you are actually knowledge knowledgeable about in the field that you're, you're you've studied and that you want to work in. So you want, you're trying to convince somebody to take a chance on you for those two reasons. So when you go to your second career, you're no longer trying to convince somebody to take a chance on you that you're going to be a good, reliable employee. Hopefully you've already demonstrated that in the jobs you've held before. So then all you're trying to do is convince them in your second career, your third career, that you're actually knowledgeable in the field that that you want to work in. So seeing that, I think we all remember and know how difficult that that first step is. So you're already, when you do change careers, you're already kind of removing half of the first step in the career life cycle, which is going to ease your way into developing a new career. So that's number one. Number two is developing a reputation. So this is becoming someone who adds real value to an organization. You you try to become an expert in your field of at maybe not in your whole field, but some aspect of the field that you studied. So once you get in there, so if you don't if you don't actually try to do this, and you just say you get someone to take a, a chance on you and give you that first opportunity, and you say done, you know, <laughs> I'm in, I'm gonna coast. Then you're not really building a career. You're just you just have a job. That that's it. That all you got is a job. So the, the step two in a career life cycle is developing a rotation of being some sort of problem-solving expert, some sort of guru in some aspect of what you, you do. If you're in marketing, maybe you're, you're a social media expert. If you're in finance, maybe you're a spreadsheet expert. Like You become a, an expert. You, you want to develop a reputation of being the go-to person in some aspect of your job. 
for you, you have been at your current job for, for a long time, but how have you stayed motivated if, if, you, if to kind of keep pursuing this, to de- keep developing a reputation or, or have you? Well, this is a life cycle. So once you've de- you've be- you've developed a reputation, I don't think you need to keep building upon and on it. This is the life cycle, right? So it, it, it the the career runs its course. That's the whole idea between there being a career life cycle. That makes sense. So number three then is the crossroads. And so this is where you either you're you either become burned out or you stop caring. You've just had enough, right? You so you've been in this job for let's say you're approaching 20 years in the same career, maybe 15 years. And you've, you've solved the same problems over and over, you know, different variations in them, but at a very high level, they're all the same problems and you're tiring of it, right? That this is where, this is where a career change is needed. And it could be like a micro change. Like you go from being an accountant to an accounting manager. So obviously as an accountant, you're solving problems as an accounting manager, you're, you're managing people. That's a whole set of different problems solving skills i'm going to call that a micro career change so so this is where you either you you actually go from a career to a job right and, and you just you accept what's in front of you and you just keep solving the same problems over and over the challenge goes away so that this is a crossroads where you have to make this is where if you're going to make a career change you need to make it now when you do reach the stage the crossroads how you, you threw the number of 20 years, but if you reach that crossroads, if, if you feel that crossroads, maybe sooner than that, maybe it's five years in, maybe it's three years in, maybe it's a year in, is is this something you should listen to or is this something you should hunger down and keep going through? And, and, and how do you, how do you know maybe if it's a job change that you need or a career change? Like what, what, what insight can you pull from this step? Well, what happens when you've worked a job too long? and the the careers run its course, meaning there's no more challenges in it for you, you end up solving problems just based on your past experience, right? You said, oh, I've seen this before. Just, you know, hit that button, hit this button, and it's, it's everything's good. And, and then when, once you start solving problems over and over again, like you see a pattern, and I'm going to say it depends on the, the sort of the industry you're in. If you're in IT, I think maybe it's different, but in, I'm going to, I've, I'm in corporate finance and I've seen the same problem come up. It's dressed up a little different, but it's basically the same problem. It's going to be solved in a similar fashion and you already know the outcome. And so what happens is the challenge goes away. You're, there's no more excitement in, in a new opportunity. So it, this is where you either change careers or you accept you know, solving the same problems over and over. What I find so fascinating about that is we think that we like it. We like it easy. We we like when there's no real challenge, but it's it's actually it's actually nuts when we think about it that we actually do crave the solving novel novel challenges. And we've talked about this on the show before, but it's just it's it's crazy how important that piece is that to solve novel problems, uh, solve challenges, and, and kind of face new things. So finally, the fourth step to the career lifestyle is working for the money. So when you get to this point, you you really are you've 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 beyond the point where you should have made a career change. If you're just in it for the money, and I mean, don't get me wrong, we all work for money. We need money to survive. But when that is your only focus, I mean, that there's nothing else there for you except the money. Then 
it, it's that is the beginning of the end. So the, the career cycle has has officially ended. You you are going to be fairly miserable until you make a career change. I want to contrast what you just said against what we were talking about earlier when we talk about just having a job. So and and then having work as well. Is a career change always necessary when you find work that is super fulfilling? And 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 can you? I mean, I I believe personally the answer to my question is no. But I'm just I want to throw it back at you that if you find if you get into the right, can you possibly get into the right perspective and the right mindset where you can, um, kind of stay in this very maybe it's a very um effortless job, and your because your work is so rewarding outside of your job. If you, if I hate to sum up life in one or two sentences, because that sounds trivial, obviously, often, but life is really solving a series of problems. It really is. That's what we do. We solve problems. And you, if you're solving problems, you enjoy solving, or you, you really enjoy the outcome, or you think it really matters to somebody, or it matters to you, then you're going to be motivated, enthusiastic about solving those problems. But when you're solving problems, like you already know the solution, there's no challenge there. Like you will feel dead inside if all you do is go through the motions and you're just collecting a paycheck. It, so I have got to the point in my job where I am, I'm, I'm just solving problems based on, I remember, I've, I, I don't have to look things up. I don't have to sort of consult anybody. People actually, so you know what's rewarding is people come to me and say, have you ever seen this before? Like, how do we deal with this? I get really energized helping somebody see this for the first time and solve it. That, so I'm enthusiastic about that. But when I have to solve the same problem over and over, it, it just gets exhausting. No, I, I love that. That resonates. So let's, I want to talk now about the challenges of a career change because there are obviously are a lot of benefits. I mean, being able to solve new um, new challenges, kind of a fresh start, but there obviously are a lot of challenges. And you've laid out five here, Trevor, that are really key and pertinent to changing careers. So when I started this episode, I know I didn't make a career change. And I, I asked myself, why? Why didn't I make a career change? You know, what was in my way? What was the obstacle? And these are the five things I, I come up with. And I'm kind of reflecting back on life's thinking. I, I So I wish I would have made a career change. I'm going to make a career change when I'm I might work. I, I am going to work at something when I'm financially independent in 55. I'm going to leave my accounting job and go into something uh, different and hopefully more interesting. But I, I look back and these are the reasons I didn't and with regret. And I, I just want to add in before we go through this list that it's it's kind of it's it's really bananas that we start out at at 18 picking something we want to do and and with this notion this this it it's almost like this this thing that we get shoved into our heads there's like oh whatever you choose to do is what you're going to be stuck with and i like that we're breaking that down i i like that that's not a thing and i i'm sidetracking the conversation so much right now but was that something that you grew up with trevor is that why maybe that you didn't make that career change that that was a mentality that was so much more even more prevalent than it is today because now it's kind of become more more normalized to change jobs well so i was raised by the baby boomer generation which they believed in 30 years and retire right that was so i anything other than that looked really absurd yeah no that, that makes sense and so let's dive into number one here so uh, the first challenge of a career change is uncharted territory 
So the reason, again, these are the reasons I felt that I didn't make a career change. So uncharted territory, so lots of risk and struggle. It, it looked really uncomfortable. It looked like something that I didn't have the energy for. And I, I, I maybe I didn't, maybe I did. I, I didn't even try. So the uncharted territory, I, I have this mantra I repeat to myself all the time. It's, it's, I say to myself, whenever I get sort of anxious about something, it's surrender to the delusion of control. And this is the delusion that I actually can control the outcome of, of everything in my life, which you you can't, right? And so the uncharted territory just represented something that I would not be able to control or maybe just something else in my life that I would not be able to control. And that was obviously enough of a deterrent. And buried within this point too, you also have the... The the aftermath of the people around you. So not the aftermath, but the the, the also the consequences or the the what's going to happen as well. Because maybe you had your family at that time when maybe even the thought of having career change pop into your head. Like there's there's a lot of variables, and we all we know we've heard on the show before that you didn't you had this desire not to uproot your family as they were growing up, and you wanted to raise them in one house in the same in the same town or city. So th- there was a lot of of kind of uncharted territory that you'd have to muddle your way through in order to achieve having a career change. But maybe that was just me giving myself an artificial constraints to, to, to provide reasons not to do it. Like the ones you said, I wanted to not uproot my family or move them, but, but that's in a constraint I placed on myself, right? I, I, I I put that limitation in place and, and maybe uh, that was a, b- a bad limitation to place on myself. Oh yeah, no, I that's that's a fabulous point. And what about the other? I mean, maybe this didn't plague you, but maybe this maybe someone listening to today to this episode, this is there in this boat. Did the judgment of others ever pop into your head? Is that ever something you've been concerned or worried about? Well, no, I've always been awestruck by people that change careers. I've always been sort of I I love to hear their stories, and and I'm I'm fascinated by them. So it, it was. It's actually the opposite. I, I, me being in one career for my my whole whole working life, is almost a uh, a point of shame, right? I I wasn't adventurous like these other people. Number two is education or training, and this one's huge. Yeah, so this one's going to require a lot of time and a lot of money. Chances are, and it's gonna that's going to be uncomfortable. That's going to make you sort of have to alter your life even more. And I will say this is, uh, this was, the money part was not an obstacle for me. I consistently lived below my means my whole life. So this is a good reason to live below your means. This, this challenge could, part of it could be overcome by living a frugal below your means type of lifestyle. So if, so I'm saying that one, you could take off the table quite easily just by uninflating your lifestyle. So, so this one wasn't for, so this is a challenge for people in general but the time constraint, I had a, I'd have a young fl- family, three kids. I, I still found time to watch TV, so I could have easily found time to study and, and, and pursue a, a different education. So this one, time and money, you, you can find the time and you can find the money. This was a challenge I, I thought was I had, but I think, again, I created a, a sort of a, a situation where I convinced myself this was an obstacle. But that being said, it's still, it is, I think, and I, I do like the order that we're going through these because this is, I mean, uncharted territories might stop you in your tracks. And if you don't get stopped in your tracks at an uncharted territory, education and training might. It, it is, and anyone who has 
pursued college or university in the past, I mean, just the thought of it, maybe, I don't know, just the thought of doing that again might even bring anxiety or worry to the, to the table. So uh, to, to your point, kind of what you're saying earlier, Trevor, this might be one that you kind of get caught up in your head about and worry about, even though there are real stresses to this one, it could just be one that, like you said, you're able to make time and money for. Number three is compensation. So this one is an obstacle I also placed on myself. When you start a new career, so just, so I worked in finance and I rose up from when I graduated to, you know, a 20 year career and I'm being compensated with somebody with 20 years experience. Well, if you do a, a complete 90 degree turn and, and go to a completely different career path. You're going to start at the bottom of that compensation scale. And so you should, you, do, you don't have the experience or the, the, the skill set developed to be compensated at the same level you were as an accountant. So if I were in accounting and I wanted to go into sales, I should not expect to be compensated at the same level. I got to start at the bottom and work my way up. Well, again, living below your means is a great strategy when you're trying to make a career change because you're going to have to, when you make that career change, you you won't be living below your means. You'll be living off every penny you make probably. But I, I saw this as an obstacle. Again, I had a young family and I thought, you know, does this make a lot of sense? Uh, it would certainly have got in the way of some of my financial goals. I may not have paid my mortgage off as quickly as I did. I certainly wouldn't be financially independent at age 55. I would have had to work longer. So these are the compensation I, I treated as an obstacle. But if you make a career change, you might be okay working another 10 years. You might, you might be comfortable with that because everything's new and fresh. Number four, Four is when the perceived pain of continuing is greater than the perceived pain of changing. And this is the way I looked at it. I thought, well, I'll know when it's time to make a career change when the perceived pain of continuing at my existing career was greater than perceived pain of, you know, getting an education and all the, the, the points we've mentioned previously, uncharted territory, compensation drop. When, when the, the pain of those things didn't seem as great as the pain of, you know, continuing the same career that I was becoming miserable with. So I was waiting for that pain threshold to arrive and it never did. So in that case, was that a good kind of judgment of when it was time to change jobs or did you, is this one that you thought, is this one looking back, maybe you shouldn't have listened to too closely? No, because you should be running towards something, not running away from something. And this strategy would suggest you're going to wait until it's so painful what you're doing that you're going to be running away from it. No. And that, that running away, you're running scared. You, you, you're running without direction. Like if you think, I love watching these African lion safari videos. <laughs> when you see a lion stalking up on a gazelle in the African savanna, I'm painting a little picture for you. <laughs> you say to yourself, run, gazelle, run. <laughs> and the gazelle just stands there. And it's because the gazelle is trying to figure out where the lion is. It's trying to pick up the scent. So the, the last thing it wants to do is run into the jaws of the lion, right? So it's, it is trying to figure out where that lion is before it runs because it can run so fast that if it runs toward the lion, it's, it's a certain death. So it wants to know it's running toward freedom, not toward certain death. So I often use the word, you know, do something with gazelle-like intensity. And the gazelle-like intensity, it's twofold. One is the gazelles are really fast, so that's intense. But if the running, 
with purpose in the right direction. So I, I don't think I've ever given this analogy. So gazelle-like intensity, that's what I mean when I say it, is you are, you're waiting, calculating, making sure you are moving in the right direction. And then when you move, you are going full on towards your goal. That's so good. That's so great. I feel like I'm watching a YouTube video right now. I feel like I feel like I'm right there. Number five is the the fifth challenge of career change is uh, the courage to try something different. And this this one is the courage to try something. You, you to have be courageous enough to to try something and possibly fail at it. You know, this is a challenge, right? Just, just say you wanted to go into sales. Just say. You're in finance, and just for the record, I don't, but that's the example that's stuck in my head. So you just say you're working in corporate finance and you want to go into sales. Maybe you want to sell cars, you want to sell iPhones, I don't know, you want to sell something. And you think you'd be really good at selling and then you you get out there and you're terrible at it. Like you you don't understand customers, you don't take the time to understand customers. They're, you see customers just as as, as pains and, and so it turns out you're really a terrible salesperson. Well, you're going to have to have a, you're going to swallow a lot of pride. So having the courage to try something different, it's, and you know, the longer you wait, the longer you work a career, the more courage it's going to take to make that change. So that if you wait till you're 40, it's going to take 10 times the courage it would have taken at 30 to make a career change. In saying that, do you, do you believe that everyone should or should consider maybe not actually go through with it, but should consider a career change in their in their life if they're feeling a moderate um, a moderate questioning about a career change or even a moderate dislike distaste to their current career. I, I would say, like we said at the beginning, plan for a career change. Be be deliberate and make one. You you know what you if if you don't like, just say you went into sales and you don't like it. You can always go back to corporate finance. You've got a ton of experience in it. So it's not like it's a one-way street where once I make this career change, uh, you know, I, I'm stuck in this other career. You, you may have invested a lot of time and money in educating yourself, but there's nothing stopping you from coming back to the career you had before if that one doesn't work out. Because if you've done this, so for me, corporate finance for 20 years and I try sales, I like the chances of somebody else hiring me with 20 years of corporate finance experience to go back to that job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's such a great point. You can always go back. I love that. So the final section of today's show is we're going to talk about the five, Trevor's five reasons to change careers. I, I've never made a career change. And I've talked about how challenging it is to make a career change. But I still believe I would have been better off had I, make, had I made a career change. And these are the reasons I wish I had. And so number one is this BS will get old. And I was given this advice when I started working in finance. Someone said, you know, this, this will get old. You, you, will, you will tire of this. And I, I said, oh, yeah, 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 sure. I'm sure it will. But, you know, I really enjoy it now. So I can't imagine that world. I don't think, I remember my youngest daughter said this to me. She, goes, she was studying something in school and she texted me right from class and said, uh, my, you know, my teacher's say, saying, you know, you're going to have at least three careers in your lifetime. Isn't that crazy? And I typed back, I said, imagine doing the same thing for 30 years. Which one sounds crazier, right? So we, we do the same thing for 30 years. This, this will get old at about, I, I'm going to say for sure, 25 years. 
So right now I can hear a listener kind of ask themselves, oh, but maybe Trevor's job is just atrocious and he doesn't actually like finance that much. And he's just like, I have a whole list of, of things that are popping into this one listener's brain right now, wondering, maybe they're just started out in their career. Maybe they found something that really jives with them. Is this, do you think, true for everyone? Do you think we all kind of reach this? Or is this maybe very specific if you kind of, I don't want to say wandered into your current career, but it, maybe it wasn't something that you felt super fulfilled by. Like, paint that picture for me. So w- when I think about why I got into finance, you know, a couple of the things that really intrigued me about it was in every, every, in every company, if it didn't make financial sense, it didn't make any sense at all. So you kind of felt like you were in control. That's the kind of feeling finance has is, is if you want to justify something, it has to make financial sense. So we might as well have an accountant in the room in this meeting to help us, right? So you kind of felt anywhere I've worked, finance seems to be important. And that is good and bad. It comes with, you know, you, it's nice to be wanted and feel valued. It's also stressful because you have to, you know, you're, you're going through financial justification all the time. And the other thing I liked about finance was, is in finance, we kind of have our own language, you know, debits and credits and reserves and nobody else in the company seems to understand it or even want to understand it. And it kind of felt like you, we, we kind of had this, you know, special language nobody could understand and people would have to ask us questions all the time. Well, at some point you get tired of explaining finance to people, you know, you, so the thing, the things I liked about finance that got me, you know, excited about it are the same things that are I find exhausting and I, I hope I never, never have to sp- explain numbers to somebody ever again. That's no, that, that does make a lot of sense. And so when I say it gets old after a while is what, if, if what excited you is now draining, it, it's, it, it got old. No, that's a really great gauge. That's something we can all, all really use and, and reflect on in our current jobs. So the second reason to change careers, your second reason is that you create a backup plan. Yeah, and we talked about this earlier. If your second career doesn't work out, you got 20 years experience in your first career. You, you always have, you're always employable. And then just say you go into a third career. Well, now you got, you got you know, two backup plans. You, you've got experience and education in two areas. So every time you change careers, you just, you build your safety net. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So by the time you get to your third career, I like the chances of you never being unemployed ever again. It really takes the risk out of making that big leap. And, and it makes that leap seem a little less big because you still have this bridge built behind you that you can just kind of go back too. So I, I love that. I know this, this person I work with, their husband, they, they started out in business in, uh, and they were in sales, mar- no, sorry, marketing. And they ended up getting uh, a job in a trade. They were an electrician. They did that for 10 years and they're currently working in nursing. So you couldn't imagine three more different careers. And this person is, is so into, so they, this person is in, works as a nurse and they have like such a diverse background. I feel like this person, if you ask them, hey, do you know something about, they could answer it like with so much depth of knowledge. Yeah, with with all of that past experience, 100%. The third reason to change careers is that you build a, a social network. And so I like the chances of your career 
changes crossing paths in the future. So if you were, particularly if you do like micro changes, so actually not even that, just say I worked in corporate finance and I went to get a job selling cars, just random. And and while I'm selling cars, a just say I get tired of selling cars and in that, say a car dealership, a, a finance job opens up. You can see how you you like opportunities will expose themselves in different industries, and that becomes a really organic way to because we always say that our life is not a straight path. So that that really creates this amazing organic way to kind of navigate through through your your career. You know, quite often the key to getting a job is getting a seat at the table, and I say that in that if you can get your foot in the door of any company. In, in say a large company in any capacity at all you you end up with a seat at the table so just say you you wanted to get into a a large organization and there was a maternity position that became available so somebody's off maternity leave and typically employers are, are a little less stringent in their interviewing because they're just trying to fill somebody in a temporary capacity well if you can get into that organization and a seat at the table meaning you're in the door you now have an inside track on job opportunities within that. I like your chances of getting a job. So if you if you work in a in a large corporation and you tire of say corporate finance, you could make a transition to marketing in that same organization. And because again, that employer they're not they're not taking a chance on you being a good employee. They already know you are, and you can get the experience. And maybe your employer might even pay for you to go to school to get education, but get a seat at the table. So career path crossing. If you, can, if you can get into a large organization that has, when I say large organization, I'm not a fan of large, particularly large organizations, but they tend to have, you know, a lot of departments, a lot of opportunities, a lot of diversity. And if you can get in there, a seat at the table, you, you can be, become very mobile within that organization, changing career paths, even within the same employer. That's, no, it's, it's so true. The fourth reason to change careers is that you choose your first career when you are 17. So if you think you graduate high school or you're grade 12, you got to pick universities and what you want to study. Just say you pick marketing. What are the chances you got this right at 17? What are the chances you, you, you knew it all at 17? So the, the fact that you have to pick it in our society when you're, that you're 17 years old and people would do one of two things. They'll either pick something super specific or super general, right? So they're, they're, or super they're picking, safe, or super safe, and, and but not super passionate, right? You you don't know when you're 17. So the fact that our society requires you to know at 17 or guess at 17, I don't like the chances of you being right at 17. There's some people that are, but just that alone, if if this was the only thing we talked about in the whole episode, was you you choose your career at 17. Chances are you didn't get it right. So be okay with a career change. This should be reason enough to make a career change. Like you, you're not the same person when you're 37, when you were 17. Like you're completely different people. People wouldn't even recognize you. If they didn't see you from the time you're 17 to 37, you'd be a completely different person. So the chance that you got this right is, I'm going to say statistically zero. So in, in saying that, would be kind of, it'd be crazy if we didn't change jobs, given that we, we really are, we do, we change as people throughout the years. And to, if, I mean, it's a miracle for, for, I applaud anyone who has, who is in the career that they started out going to school for. I think that is amazing too. And number five is so the fifth and final reason that we can change careers is because life is not a straight line. And I talk about this all the time. If, if, 
if you work one career your whole life, and and I did, and you are, chances are you're trying to force life to be this straight, efficient, optimum line where so from a career standpoint, not a life standpoint, but for me, a career standpoint, I tried to make that line straight as possible. And in, in fact, it was so straight. I only, I've only really had two jobs and I've worked one for 10 years and one for 20 years. That's a pretty straight line when it comes to a career path. Now I, I do, I did work for two really good companies and I did sort of from one job to the next, there was a bit of a career shift, a micro shift. And so I'm going to say I, you could argue that I worked two careers between those two jobs, but it, it all in all, it, there wasn't a whole lot of risk taking in those those two things. So I I would caution people to to don't make life straight a straight line. It, it becomes a very boring straight line. So again, advice advice from somebody who would do it something a little different. Pick multiple careers. And do you have a, uh, a f- kind of a final question for you? We we look at job descriptions and they always list the number of years of experience required. So given that employers find that important, and I've, I've kind of asked this a little bit early on the show too, but just kind of reiterate that is there is there a, a length of time, a years that we should let elapse at our current job or current career to really sift out the fact that we maybe do or don't think it's a good fit for us? Or should we instead listen to kind of the point number four and five of challenges of a career change in that just it's just about maybe cur- finding the courage or or before the perceived pain really outweighs the perceived pain of changing? Well, I would hope a resume would, even if you stayed in the same company, it would show you progress your career progressing through that career life cycle that I was describing. That you, you, you moved microly from one job to another with even in the same department, but you you evolved as an employee. But I would say, you know, a lot lot of job ads they seen three to five years experience. I think they're the if you have any more years experience than that, I, I think they you if I see somebody who's worked the same job for 10 years applying and I'm interviewing them, I think they're running from something. They're not running to a better opportunity. They're running from an opportunity that's making them miserable. And that's disturbing as a potential employer that you're you're possibly hiring somebody that's running away from something like that gazelle. They they're not running with purpose. They're just running in, in fear. I love that shift in perspective. That's powerful. So that brings us to the end of kind of the big main points we wanted to talk about in the show today. We defined what a job, what a career, and what work are and how they kind of intertwine. We then moved on to talking about the career life cycle, the challenges of a career change, and finally, reasons to change careers. Before we wrap up the show, I do want to include a, a brief word of wisdom. And this show the show was inspired by our listeners' um, contact submission form, as well as Trevor's kind of inner inspiration as he's exiting his career, entering into financial independence and retirement. And it's also inspired by something I'm going through as well. And and just kind of, I'm sure everyone else listening to this today, just kind of questioning where they are in their job or their career. And I, I'm close to my, my parents and I reached out to my mom about this and she texted me the most wonderful text. And I think it was selfish. I think it's selfish to just keep this, these words for myself. So I, I'm sharing them with you today and hopefully they will uh, bring you the same feeling they brought me. So she said to me, when your father and I decided to have kids, 
We felt it very important to educate each of you with the hopes of not putting you on a specific path in life, but to give you options, lay a foundation to give you the ability, courage, and confidence to explore and to discover who you are and to find your own passion. Don't let the title of your degree, something you chose when you were a teenager, keep you in a box or trap you in a mindset of where you should be, and that's in quotes. View it as the appetizer of life with the main feature yet to come. So I love that. I find it so powerful. And that brings us to the very end of today's show on plan for a career change. Thank you so much for being here with us. If you have any experience with your own personal career change or are, are thinking or planning to pursue your own, let us know how that journey is going for you. You can always reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook at Simple Money Solutions or through our website, livelifesimple.ca. We have our contact submission form there. And finally, our email at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com. All of that will be in the show notes as well. Thank you again for being here with us this week. And we can't wait to have you back with us next week for a brand new show. Until then, keep it simple.